0: This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whenever you're listening. But Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Uh, I should say happy holidays for those of you that are celebrating other things. But, hey, we can't wait to dive into this topic today, wrapping up the year 2022. Looking at some alarming and concerning but not surprising top Bible prophecy stories of the year. And we've got Pastor Andy Woods with us. But first, some interesting podcast numbers that I want to share with you. Um, I, I try not to follow numbers because... You don't know how accurate things are. You don't know where they come from, how they get these. But these are podcast downloads, and I just want to thank you for sharing this. In the last 90 days, uh, by the way, Texas, shout out to Andy Woods and, and a couple others, uh, uh, James Walker and some uh, Mike Jenner and some other uh, Texas guests, they take the number one spot for the number of podcast downloads in the last 90 days, 37,000. Downloads in Texas, Wisconsin, 35,000, California next, Florida, Washington, North Carolina, Minnesota, Illinois, Ohio, and Colorado wraps up the top 10 states when it comes to the number of downloads on StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, the top 10 countries. This is interesting. The United States. Now, this is all-time podcast downloads. Uh, we're over 476,000, I guess. Um, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom. Mexico, Sweden, New Zealand, Italy, Germany, and Malaysia. And that's just the top ten. We've got a list that goes all the way down. Um, Let's see. Next, and finally, all-time, since we started this podcast, all-time podcast downloads. Wisconsin, of course, uh, first place, 493,000. California, Texas, Illinois, Florida, Minnesota, Washington, Ohio, and Michigan. So I'm looking at this list and go, wait a minute, there's like six... Six or seven, six blue states (laughs) in the top ten podcast (laughs) downloads of all time. So, yes, it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. All I'm saying is we have been so severely censored and shadow banned, and our staff is the smallest it's ever been in our history, and yet our donations have never been higher in the last year. Thank you for donating to Stand Up For The Truth and Q90FM, and, and that's God. So we can take no credit for that. That is totally God. I don't know how it's happening. I just have to attribute it to God for doing this. So praise him. Thank you guys for your support. So I want to bring in Pastor Andy Woods, pastor, teacher, Sugarland Bible Church in Texas, author of many books, including Babylon, The Book Ends of Prophetic History, also The Falling Away, The Coming Kingdom, Ever Reforming, The Middle East Meltdown. He's also president of Chafer Theological Seminary. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for coming
1: back on the podcast. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, you're most welcome. Thanks for your time. And this is a special edition of Stand Up for the Truth because tomorrow we are uh, taking it off and we're doing a replay. Uh, Actually, a great story from uh, Laura Perry, a former transgender who had the surgeries? Who lived that life for over a decade? And now she's married, happily married to a husband. And um, what a just a story of God's redemption! You're going to hear that tomorrow, friends. But Andy, um, we wanted to wrap up the year with you because Mary was telling me that your pastor's point of view. On was it Christmas? Yeah. The Christmas yeah, week Christmas was week. one of the most amazing she had ever heard. And I'm gonna just going to th- toss it over to her and let her talk about that before we dive into the subjects.
2: Yes, Andy, I would uh, listen to it uh, knowing that you were going to be on today, and I thought, okay, let's see what he says about his end of the year thinking. <laughs> and and I was just blown away by how all the subjects that you covered and just how concise it was. I think anyone who's listening to that can get a really good perspective and a good idea of uh what's going on in this crazy world as we you know acknowledge the end of 2022 and uh there is so much uh to be looking at at significant stories the, the church uh Israel Bibi coming in yes uh, there uh, you know what is he thinking about they're talking this morning just this morning on the news about uh attacking Iran maybe closer than ever because of Bibi and um i guess it's it's really difficult uh to Concisely put it together, but that's our goal today.
0: Yep. So, Andy, we're going to start with a couple of good news stories. The interesting, um, the the story of Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel, the comeback, Mm -hmm. that's fascinating. Of course, we forget because news happens so fast and so often, and we're hearing so much that we never used to be able to keep up with. Roe v. Wade was overturned this year. Historic moment in the battle for life, human life in mother's wombs. But uh, I'm just getting this text here. Um, Tom Fitton texted, um, bad news for transgender extremism, COVID totalitarians and climate alarmists. And uh, he texted that to Elon Musk because apparently uh, Twitter uh, users are now applauding because uh, Musk is clamping down on some of the misinformation that was sent out. And Twitter used to actually censor people. So now Musk is declaring Twitter will follow the science and promote questioning. So they're actually going to allow free speech. Andy, your quick thoughts on that. That doesn't seem to be a huge uh, a story, but it should be.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Elon Musk is <clears throat> just a really interesting guy. Um, <laughs> on one end of the stick, you know, a lot of us in the conservative movement, you know, have been really happy that he's kind of eased up on some of the censorship you know on twitter since he bought that out a little uh, i don't know a couple months ago but on the other end of the stick this is a guy that's heavily in- invested in a company i think it's called Neuralink, mm-hmm. where they actually want to put a chip <laughs> I mean, yes i'm laughing you know but i'm crying at the same time um a chip <laughs> in everybody's brain and um you know, Elon Musk is interesting, you know, because we like him for some things, but yeah. other things, it seems like he's inching us towards the mark of the beast right. system. So mm-hmm. I think it just shows us that we ought to keep our eyes on the Lord yes. you know, and not look to people yes. as our Savior.
0: Yes, amen. And then, uh, friends, that includes Donald Trump. I have been a, uh, made a big supporter, very vocal about his policies when he was in office for those four years. I really appreciate much of what he did. But I just read something briefly. There was a party down at Mar-a-Lago and it was in celebration of the Respect for Marriage Act and the LGBTQ agenda. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, really? Uh, wow. So yeah, that came out. That, that was from Politico and other outlets, but it flew under the radar um, about a month ago or less, a couple weeks ago. Hmm. So that really dis- disappointed me. But let's jump into... Uh, some of the stories. Andy, you're putting out a pastor's point of view to wrap up the year, uh, Top Prophecy Trends of 2022. I just want to go to the first one you have mentioned, which is key to those of us keeping an eye on the Bible and, you know, America and the media. We don't really hear a lot about Israel, but you titled it The World Against Israel. And let's
2: talk a little bit about that. Mary, set up your question. Yes. um, This particular headline that we're going to focus on is uh, Putin, Russia, wants ownership of three historic churches all located on the Mount of Olives. And I want to put just a minute of backstory in here because when people think about Russia and they think about Putin, they think, well, you know, he's an atheist. Well, Putin is not an atheist, and he believes hmm. that the Russian Orthodox Church is the center of Russian identity and that Kiev, and here's an interesting uh, little bit of backstory, I hope you find it. So uh, Kiev is a shrine to Russian orthodoxy because... Um, this, this shrine in Kiev goes back to the 10th century kingdom of Rus, and Putin believes that this is the birthplace of Russia and Ukraine. Hmm. So, is this some backstory on the war in Ukraine? And it doesn't get mentioned very often. But then, if you would, um, how does this set up, uh, things to be another head-to-head battle between Russia and Israel, or Putin and Bibi, for example? I mean, is, What does this have to do with maybe some end-time prophecies? What is your thinking on this headline, Andy?
1: Well, you know, Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is chapters, you know, we've we've studied for a long time and talked about for a long time, analyzed for a long time. I mean, they clearly predict this Russian-led invasion into the land of Israel in the last days. And so, you know, the question is why the invasion? And, you know, there's all these theories on the table. (laughs) Uh, It Mm -hmm. could be because of Israel's wealth. But, you know, most recently, based on the headline Mary just read, it could be some sort of um, religious motivation. Mm. So, you know, any way you slice it, um, you know, there's going to be some sort of motive causing this end-time invasion. And maybe it has to do with these, you know, Orthodox churches, historic Orthodox churches, you know, on the Mount of Olives that uh, Putin wants to, you know, gain jurisdiction over. So
0: you quote Zechariah 12 and Zechariah 14, and obviously this relates to Bible prophecy because the world is coming against Israel as predicted, but the map, whenever I look at the map, I am still, I am still, I've seen it, I don't know how many hundreds of times, if not more, I'm astounded at how tiny Israel is, and who and what that nation is surrounded by. Your thoughts on that prophetically.
1: Well, I mean, this is something that Ezekiel saw 2,600 years ago, and it's only in our general time period that the map even looks credible. I mean, it seemed insane, you know, a hundred years ago, because there was no Israel.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: But you know, now we've got an Israel in unbelief, exactly like God said. Um, Russia, you know, used to be a Christian Orthodox country before the communist revolution in 1917, but Russia flipped. Uh, Persia, or Iran, as well as Turkey, you know, it used to be allies of Israel, but now because of the influence of Islam. They flipped against Israel, particularly uh, what happened in Iran in 1979 concerning the deposing of the Shah and replacing him with the Ayatollah, and Iran became Islamicized. So everything Ezekiel saw is now being positioned right now in our world. You have an Israel, you have the very nations that Ezekiel spoke of with an intention to invade Israel or the hostility to do it and if that all weren't enough all of those nations Russia Turkey Iran are now cooperating with each other hmm. so it's like how many times in your life can you be struck by lightning I mean <laughs> the, the law of the, the law of statistics just think of it from that standpoint or probabilities mm-hmm. I mean the whole thing the whole scenario is absolutely credible. Mm-hmm whereas 100 years ago the whole scenario even 50 years ago 25 years ago wouldn't make any wouldn't make any sense so i think this is one of the great proofs that god has built into his word you know that his word is from god and god is omniscient and he sees you know the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end cuz he's outside of time only the bible does this and so i think stage setting is one of the great apologetic proofs you know, that when you're when you're reading the Bible, you're holding in your hand the very Word of God. Mm.
2: Yes, Amen. Yes, absolutely. And another little bit of geopolitical trivia is that Turkey and Iran did not exist as such before 1923 or so, when mm-hmm. they were carved up at the end of the Ottoman Empire. And Iran actually means Aryan, so you could run with that if you wanted to. <laughs> so when you think about how you're absolutely right about how God has been setting the stage now in these last days over the last hundred years or so, it's a real faith builder for me. Well
1: one thing I think about with Iran is that that's the Persians mm-hmm. you know the Persians were the good guys uh in Ezekiel's time mm-hmm. they were the ones mm-hmm. that you know eventually let the nation of Israel out of the 70 year captivity when they conquered the Babylonians and so Ezekiel had this vision about Persia coming against Israel and it probably made mm-hmm. no it probably seemed insane to him mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, God, what God says will be, God cannot be found to be a liar. And if you just give history enough time, history catches up to what God revealed lo- a long time ago. Mm-hmm.
0: So, one other thing um, we wanted to talk about, and this was from another prophecy um, list of top 10 uh, concerns, I guess you, sh- you could say, <laughs> is. The rise of the World Economic Forum, cabal, that's how uh, Jan Markell puts it, the rush mm-hmm. to global government. Because um, you think about it, most people in our audience in in many churches have never heard of Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, these guys at the World Economic Forum. They didn't even know what the World Economic Forum was or what they did, the connection with the United Nations, uh, rev- how that applies to Revelation 13 and what's going on. So, Andy, um, do you think the church generally is – ignoring this, or do you think more people are waking up to this reality of this one-world government and the globalist agenda?
1: Well, I would like to think the Church is waking up, but unfortunately most churches you know, are locked into kind of a replacement theology perspective, mm-hmm. you know, where by way of denominational affiliation they don't teach Bible prophecy because they think it's allegorical, but I'll tell you who is waking up is the unsaved world. Mm-hmm. I mean, they with all of the lockdowns and everything that happened in the last couple of years and all all of the mandates, they they sense something as is unique is going on, and they're actually you know you were talking about your podcast numbers earlier, um, and I've heard this kind of report. You know, from almost every biblically faithful ministry that I know of, all of their numbers have gone up like yours have gone up. Because what's happening is the world senses something is going on, and they're turning to the only people that really have any kind of answer, which is us in the church, and not the church as a whole, but those of us, you know, that believe, we reject replacement theology and believe that Bible prophecy is meant to be interpreted literally. I mean, we're the only ones that can put groups like the, you know, World Economic Forum and their globalist power grab, you know, into a, a perspective, you know, showing us that God is is actually orchestrating human history to a preordained conclusion.
0: Let's stay in Israel. Um, there's a lot more talk of a third temple. Um, why is that significant, Pastor Andy Woods? And what about the first temple, the second temple? And maybe there's a debate about when those were, when those took place, and what happened.
1: Well, the reason the third temple is a big deal is because of Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, you know, which indicates that the Antichrist, halfway through the tribulation, will betray the Jewish people you know, by desecrating the temple and recapitulating what one of the great villains of Israel did, a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, mm-hmm. uh, going back to about 167 B.C. And that's actually the, the event that's going to awaken the Jewish people you know, to their need for the true Messiah, because the one that they've believed in up to that point, the Antichrist, will have betrayed them. And so obviously that can't happen unless there's a third temple. You can't desecrate something, you know, that doesn't exist. And so temple number one was built by Solomon and destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. And then temple number two was rebuilt by the returnees from the captivity. And it was refurbished t- during the time of Herod. And that's the temple that you read about in the Gospels and the ministry of Jesus. And that temple was destroyed by the Romans. You know, Christ himself predicted it would be torn apart brick by brick. And so ever since that point in time, Israel hasn't had a temple. But we know there's got to be Temple 3 for the reasons I've just explained. And so there are these constant rumblings in Jerusalem Mm. and in the nation of Israel about this third temple. And they kind of converse like it's just a matter of time, you know. Concerning when it's going to be built. In fact, you can go if you go to Israel today and Jerusalem, you can visit the Temple Institute where there's a group there that has the whole blueprint, you know, laid out concerning what it's going to be like. So, any kind of um, news item that relates to Temple Three, um, you know, shows us how close we are and what a you know unique Messianic season that we're living in.
0: Okay, we. I wish we could jump into one more, but we only have one minute before the break. But I think, uh, of course, we can keep coming back to the Middle East and Israel anytime because we have no uh, solid agenda that we want to, no strict agenda. But we want to talk about the decline of America and uh, what does that have to do with Bible prophecy, the rise of radical liberalism, lack of a world leader. You have in your pastor's point of view for this week, decline of the USA. Uh, we're going to talk about open borders. Uh, we're going to talk about the what, what you entitle Sodom's Second Coming. What does that have to do with America or our moral decline? More with Pastor Andy Woods on this wrap-up show from 2022 when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Pastor Andy Woods is our guest. We're wrapping up with some of the top Bible prophecy stories or stories that relate to end-time events, what we read in the Bible. And the next one, uh, it's a big one. We could spend several hours just talking about the decline of America. And this goes back... um, a hundred years or more, how it has built up to where we are now. And Andy, why did you decide to put this? You're only doing 10, but you Mm -hmm. thought this was important enough to discuss and why uh, USA is going to decline or is declining.
1: Well, you mentioned that map, you know, that I had there of the Middle East, Mm -hmm. and you'll notice that America, you know, is not mentioned on that map. And as far as I can tell, uh, United States is not found in any, you know, biblical passage related to Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so America is the leading superpower today. So at some point, by the time you get to the end times, America doesn't exist anymore. And then the question is, why? And, you know, there's different theories on it. You know, some would say the rapture takes out our key leadership. Uh, although, if you look at the White House, I don't know how many of them would be raptured, to be honest with you, if it happened today. But, um, you know, I, the way I think about it is the basic things that you need for a country. You have to have a common currency. You have to have a common culture. You have to have a common language. And you have to have borders. Um, and if you take away any of those things, you don't have a country anymore.
0: Wow.
1: And so what you'll see is all four of those are under, you know, severe attack all the time you know it's almost like every headline you read is an attack on one of those four things that i just mentioned Mm -hmm. and so that's how i'm sort of tying in uh for example our open borders policy you know which is on the news all of the time you know now uh, that's how i'm tying that into bible prophecy because if you don't have a border you don't have a country that leads to the decline of america and that becomes a potential you know explanation why the united states is not found you know in the pages of bible prophecy when the end time program transpires
0: uh, we're connecting some dots it you know, is what you, what we often do on this podcast and on your pastor's point of view and obviously in your sermons as well with, with biblical teachings and it's interesting you put what's really taught in high school as one of the graphs, one of the charts you put in your Pastor's point of view. But before we get to that, there's an article on the Biden administration proposing merging the United States with Mexico and Canada. That flew under the radar. That was from late October, a headline. And it's a quote at the end of there. It said, it's it's fair to assume this is now unofficial federal policy. While this story should be front page news, Mm -hmm. it has largely been ignored by the media. Andy Woods, you mentioned our border, in particular our southern border. A nation cannot exist if it doesn't have borders. Uh, Share your concerns about this.
1: Well, the key line in that piece, and that comes from the um, New American, um, I think you guys know Alex Newman pretty well. Yep. I think you've interviewed him, but it it says in there uh, quote, the administration's hand was tipped by Mexican President Obrador, if I'm pronouncing that right, when he announced recently that the Secretary of State Blinken proposed opening all borders among the United States, Mexico, and Canada, and then the leader of Mexico was quoted as saying, I think Mr. Blinken spoke about consolidating the region of North America. And we all agree on that. Wow. And then it was kind of whoops! I can't believe I said that. Uh, take that out of the record, <laughs> you know. Jeez. But it, but it was a public statement that the leadership of Mexico made. So there's been something in the works for a long time. Mm. Uh, it actually goes back to the second Bush administration, uh, Bush's son, in his um, second term, I think it was. They began talking about a North American Union. Mm-hmm. which is basically a merger of the United States, Canada, and Mexico, and then you have uh, a common currency between those countries. Mm-hmm. You reduce the borders between those countries. Now, that, that becomes the explanation why our border is wide open, mm-hmm. because they're already pushing us, if this thesis is mm-hmm. right, into this North American Union. And this is something called regionalism, <coughs> where you uh, grab countries that are similarly situated, and you basically conglomerate them into a region. Mm -hmm. And you promote this whole thing under free trade, but at the end of the day, you lose your culture, you lose your language, you lose your border, you lose your military power, because now you're being governed by a region. And I think this fits in beautifully with Bible prophecy, because they've already done this in Europe, um, the European Union, which is governed by a currency called the Amero. And so you have a region coming together in Europe, um, you have a region coming together in North America, and John Monet in his memoirs, he was the architect of the European Union, he basically says the European community itself is only a stage on the way to the organized world of tomorrow, close quote. So in other words, what they want is, and the Club of Rome said 10 regions, You know, not 11, not 9, but 10. And they're going to have these all around the world, and eventually these are going to be merged together into, you know, a global world government. And so regionalism is a stepping stone into global governance. And I think that's very interesting because Daniel 7 verse 24 predicts the Antichrist rising to power through 10 kings or kingdoms, uh, three resist, but seven submit to him and so this idea of um you know r- the the world being set up in th- uh, ten regions leading to global government um mm. that's what that's what's happening right now and that's so that's a potential way to explain the you know, lack of border enforcement that's happening between the United States and Mexico.
2: And that makes perfect sense, because I remember, uh, I think the genesis might have been NAFTA, late 80s. Reagan actually um, Hmm. signed off on NAFTA, and and we were talking about that then, and then also NAFTA was uh, dissolved, and now it's called something else. But I also believe there is a Middle Eastern... Block, sort of an OPEC block, if you will, and I think there's a North African block and an Asian block. You don't hear about it much, but I think they're already uh, there. It's just a matter of uh, digging up the information.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Club of Rome, a few years back, um, there's actually a map that you can, you guys can see it, but your your, your radio audience can't see it. But it's uh, the Club of Rome had the world, you know, divided into these ten regions. And it's interesting they picked 10, not 9, mm-hmm. <laughs> 10. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bible prophecy seems, seems to, to speak of. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Um, there's a North American Union, there's a European Union, and there's a bunch of other regions that are being developed elsewhere.
0: So before we uh, go over to the omnibus bill, which is just astounding, they're spending taxpayer money and there's no accountability, and our government is just... They, they've lost it. And there's little resistance, which is shocking. But what's really taught in high school, now we are under the category, the decline of America, the cli- decline of the USA, rise of radical liberalism. And what's taught in high school, what's really taught, this was according to a study from the Manhattan Institute. 69% of people said white people have white privilege. Six, 67% say America is built on stolen land. Where did they get these ideas? 62% say the U.S. is systematically racist. 62% say discrimination causes outcome gaps. 57% say whites have unconscious biases. And 51% say gender is an identity choice. Your thoughts on these numbers, and, and really this has to do with education.
1: Well, this is what the youth believe you know, as they're being influenced by the public the compulsory public school system. and you can't uh, you can't replace America with uh, this progressive regional model that they're pushing unless you tear down what exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you have to convince a generation that America really is an oppressive you know colonial empire. Uh, America's never done anything good for anybody in the world. All we've done is oppress, which is obviously historically absurd, you know, to think that way. It doesn't even fit at all the facts of history, but it doesn't matter. All you have to do is propagandize a generation to think this way. And when the progressives and the globalists and the Marxists come along and say, hey, we've got a better model for you, all of a sudden there's a generation that wants to comply because... You know, why not scrap the old model because the old model is so oppressive? And so that's how critical race theory, you know, is setting the stage, I think, for ultimately world government.
0: So along the lines of America declining, there are reasons, many reasons, uh, economically, militarily. These, this is on purpose. Um, our culture, uh, cultural Marxism, what we're seeing, just look back to what happened in 2020, lawlessness was rampant on the streets of America, and it was being justified, including the murder of some business owners in some of these cities where they were on fire, they are blowing up police cars, protesting, and th- it was being justified by them. people. If you would poll people, oh, yeah, that's it's, uh, justified. But, Andy, I want to go to the omnibus bill. Um, mm-hmm. Over $11 million in LGBT special interest projects. Coming from taxpayers that's part of this 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill I want to just mention a handful and let you share why you decided to connect this with Genesis 19 1.2 million for LGBTQIA pride centers, one million dollars for Zora's house in Ohio uh, co-working co-working and community space for women and gender expansive. People of color. $3 million for the American LGBTQ Museum, New York City. $1 million designated for LGBT Special Services Program as part of the, uh, a grant funding. 250000 for Our Lives Matter. It's a gay rights law archive in Wisconsin. $750,000 for a trans Latin coalition to provide a workforce development programs. Uh, 856000 for an LGBT center in New York. Um, over 500000 for Compass LGBT Youth and Social Services Programming, 500000 to establish a staff position for special advisor to advance the human rights of LGBTQIA persons. And it goes on. This is part of this spending bill. And who knew about this before it was passed? And why did you connect it to Genesis 19?
1: Yeah, we have to pass the bill so we can find out what's in it, right? Okay, okay Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, who, who who can read you know five thousand pages or whatever whatever these things are? But you know, I I connect it with Bible prophecy in a lot of ways. I mean, first of all, it relates to the decline of America because I I guess I didn't realize we were so rich that we had one point seven trillion dollars to throw away. Mm. Um, the Bible is pretty clear that the borrower, you know, is servant to the lender. So as we just continue to plummet into unmanageable debt, we're placing ourselves and future generations into a place of bondage. Um, but even beyond that, all of these uh, port projects for special interests like the LGBTQ, etc., community. Jesus himself said, as it was in the days of Sodom, mm-hmm. you know, so shall it be. And all, all we have to do is go back to Genesis 19, 7 through 9, and we read what it was like in the days of Sodom. I mean, they surrounded Lot's house, this homosexual mob, mm-hmm. both young and the old, and they demanded that Lot release his two guests for sexual purposes. And so this is not just a... Uh, mindset where let us do what we want in our own bedrooms. That's right. Yeah. This is an in-your-face type of thing, and if you have any moral objections against us, um, we're going to force you to object us. You know, through the force of law, if necessary. And that's where you file the uh, recent respect, misnamed respect for marriage law that yep. was just signed. Because now all of these Christian business owners who have any type of moral conviction about traditional marriage, like Jack Phillips in Colorado, um, they're going to be, you know, coerced through the force of law to accept the LGBTQU lifestyle. So these people are not just about, you know, leave us alone in our bedrooms. It's about we're going to force into compliance um, our perspective, and we're going to take your tax money mm-hmm. to promote our perspective, and we're going to come into your church, and we're going to come into your uh, 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 Christian business, and we're going to force you to accept what we're doing. And that's exactly what Jesus predicted, I believe, mm-hmm. for the end of the age.
0: And it goes beyond acceptance. They want you to c- approve and celebrate with them. Celebrate that! Look at the pride parades, right? It's not just about you accepting know. it anymore. Mayor?
2: Um, yeah, I, I just, I uh, can't believe where, where we're at here at, in 2022, especially, like you say, with this, um, uh, forceful, um, and, and it's hate crimes. And now people are gonna go to prison, you know, and pastors are threatened, and churches are threatened, a program like this is threatened. Yep. It's, it's so pervasive, and I think we're just beginning to see, uh, the consequences of this sort of thing permeating our culture, mm-hmm. and, and God's not gonna let it go.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, this goes along with rise in delusion and global deception. How else can you explain the the rage that girls can become boys, boys can become girls? Trans-identifying kids in the U.S. have increased by almost 1,000% in the last two years. Pastor Andy Woods, that's great programming, isn't it? How do you explain the love of killing a baby in the womb at any stage of life? The uprise in in in, uh, in anger when Roe v. Wade was overturned. So share your thoughts on where we're at when it comes to this. This It's a deception, but it falls under delusion when you think, there is no God, there's no creator, so I can be whatever I identify as.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of reading Romans 1, um, verses 18 through 32. You know, Paul explains what happens when a country or a culture takes what's obvious, the existence of God, You know, because God has expressed himself in creation itself, you know, that's how our country started. It started with God, because our rights, according to the Declaration of Independence, come from God. And yet what Paul explains is people take that knowledge and they suppress it, and they hold it down in unrighteousness. And once that happens, all the other relationships that God has ordained uh, become confused. Because God is the author of marriage, well, marriage becomes confused. Uh, gender becomes confused because God is the author of gender, yes. and every conceivable thing that the Creator has established becomes disoriented, and it re- and you'll see it very clearly taught, you know, in that paragraph that I just mentioned from Romans one, and it really relates to the beginning of the process where you take, you know, the knowledge of God, and you. You know, As uh, Norman Geisler wrote a book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, I think is the title of his book. I mean, you can be an atheist if you want, but you're going to have to work really hard at denying the obvious. It's like Mm -hmm. trying to explain away the law of gravity or the Atlantic Ocean, and yet that's what people do because they hate God so much. And then once that happens, God says, okay, uh, here's what's going to happen to your relationships that I've ordained. And so very, very sadly, that's where we're at. Uh, in the in the late great USA.
2: I know we're kind of winding down this, this segment here, but I just wanted to uh, quote something that Hal Lindsey said in his article, The End of 2022. He says, um, at the end of 2022, 8 billion people lived on the earth. They were fragmented in a variety of ways, according to their nations, level of income, race, gender, various understandings of gender and human sexuality, along with religion or lack thereof. Then he says, change became overwhelming... Um for those over 40, it was almost unfathomable that not even half the students at Cambridge identified as heterosexual. Oh, my
0: goodness. That's a ridiculous statistic. Well, that's the university system, as we're, <clears throat> we've been talking about for many, many years. Andy Woods, thank you uh, for that. When we come back, we're going to talk about a, a cashless society, earth worship, and persecution increasing. That's next on Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Along with Mary Danielson, our guest today, Pastor Andy Woods, wrapping up 2022 with what's been happening in light of Bible prophecy. People are starting to understand how uh, Revelation plays into the cashless society, the mark of the new world order. Andy, share your thoughts on this.
1: Well, I mean, we know that cashless system is coming because Revelation 13, 16 through 18 talks about it. You know, just to be clear, I don't think we're in the mark of the beast system now. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's not yeah. something that will function until the tribulation period, but mm-hmm. clearly uh, technology, you know, is pushing us in this direction, and... The global elites, I believe, want us to be cashless because once you become cashless, everything you, you know, do in terms of your buying habits is now digitized and they now have a perfect record of, of you and what you do mm-hmm. and, and how you spend your money. And if you're politically incorrect mm-hmm. in any way or if you go to the wrong church or if you donate to the wrong causes, then they can shut you out of the system because now there's a paper trail. So there's a lot of evidence that we're moving in that direction, but one of the things um, worth mentioning is the CBDCs, the Central Bank Digital Currency. Mm-hmm. Um, that's based on an executive order that the Biden administration implemented back in, uh, I think, March of this year. And then uh, there was a pilot test um, amongst uh, some very well-known banks in the United States and the world to you know, pilot test this, and now they're talking about May, June, July that the system will be up and running, and they're already doing it in a hundred countries. They're doing it in Nigeria, and the Nigerians didn't like it, and so the Nigerian government just put a cap on how much money the Nigerians can withdraw from their own individual bank accounts, and so they're forcing these different, and this is happening in a hundred countries, are experimenting with this United States um, being one of those. And basically they're pushing us into a system where all of our electronics, all of our buying, I should say, will not be done with cash, but will be done digitally. And that becomes a tremendous tool in the, you know, globalist bag of tricks Mm -hmm. because now everything you do has a record and, You know, whether you're politically correct or politically incorrect can be analyzed very quickly and you can be either uh, rewarded or punished accordingly. And so that's the world we're living in.
2: Well, and you think about uh, how late it must surely be if the mark isn't even mandatory until three and a half years into. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I would think they could make it mandatory much sooner than that Mm -hmm. if they saw fit or if they wanted to. So it must be incredibly late.
1: Yeah, and and the technology always moves us in this direction, mm-hmm. never goes the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're constantly talking about tattoos and, and chips and implants. And, you know, I don't mean to, you know, get on my high horse and condemn people with tattoos, but the truth of the matter is you now have a whole generation of people yeah. that see absolutely nothing wrong mm-hmm. with, with having some kind of mark on their skin in fact, that's a sign of, you know, fitting in with the in crowd, whereas, you know, when I grew up, and I'm not that old, I mean, I just turned 56 back in September, I remember people had tattoos, but it was never something that was widespread. Yeah. I mean, today, all the young people have tattoos, and so a whole generation is being conditioned into, to accept marks either on or in their skin.
0: Mm-hmm. Um- There's a a quote you uh, put in, actually from Revelation 6, under global persecution. Let's touch on this for a moment. Uh, It says, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And it's in context of uh, persecution of Christians, of believers. And we're talking about that increasing. We've seen that, obviously, in the last several decades. We have Todd Nettleton on, often from Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, in America, we're seeing soft persecution. We certainly are seeing the, the tables flipped as far as discrimination against Christians now. And just your thoughts on that. And um, are we oblivious to it here in America because the media doesn't talk about it? Because it is happening worldwide and increasing.
1: Yeah, well, one of the things the Bible prophecy clearly predicts, and you'll see this in the uh, fifth uh, birth pang in Matthew 24, 9 through 13, and then you'll see it in the fifth uh, seal judgment, which you just read from, David, Revelation 6, 9 through 11. I mean, is it, it clearly predicts persecution, martyrdom, persecution against God's people. And so, if we're nearing the end times, we would expect that pattern to accelerate. And one of the news articles um, that I sent your direction is something out of the Daily Signal.
2: Mm. Yes.
1: Basically, and you can, you can go read the article and you could watch the video where, you know, the, in the UK, a woman was arrested for doing what? For standing in front of an abortion clinic. I mean, she had no sign, she was holding up no placard. She wasn't causing any commotion. She wasn't preventing physically people from going in to get an abortion in this particular abortion clinic. But the, the U.K. police came up to her and, and said to her, are you praying? And she said, yes, I'm praying. I'm praying in my head silently. And they, you can see it right there on the video yep. where they, they arrested her for for standing in front of an abortion clinic in the U.K. and praying. On a sidewalk. I've, I've never seen anything like that. No? In, in my life. No, no. She, they, they asked
0: her if she was part of the protest, whatever protest might have been going on. She said, no, I'm just here, I'm just here praying. So now you're, you're penalizing people's thoughts and intentions yes. just because of what they believe. And what we often say, what happens in Europe or the U.K. doesn't stay in Europe or the U.K. We can say that about Canada. It, it, it makes its way here. What happens in California... Doesn't stay in California. Makes his way across the country. What happens in D.C.? Um, so yeah, this that was an alarming, you know, article where authorities arrest this woman for silently praying. But Andy, pastors have been arrested for keeping their churches open. You know, we're seeing just an unprecedented attack for various reasons. They can use whatever justification they want, but they're they're really coming against the church. Remember during the COVID lockdowns we were the church was considered non essential
1: yeah and and the important thing to understand is these are you know everything we're talking about here is a global trend
0: mm, yes i mean
1: maybe we have it a little bit better here in the us although i don't think mm-hmm. that is going to last long i mean these are patterns that are enveloping planet earth and they're terrifying unless you look at it from the lens of god's word god in advance told us what was going to happen.
2: So go ahead, mayor. And, and also the rise of anti-Semitism, I think. This, yes. There's no coincidence that these both yeah. are going on at the same time. And, and just hostility towards the absolutes of Christianity or Judaism or whatever. I mean, that uh, the world doesn't like absolutes and certainly doesn't like worship of the one true God. So, so go ahead, Andy.
1: Well, I, I think the key word is I've heard people use it convergence. It's not just a sign or two; it's all of these things converging, you know, in unison, you know, in concert, and that's that's the time that we're living in. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned uh, we don't have enough time to talk in depth about Earth worship and Gaia and Mother Nature, Mother Earth, and Al Gore and all that that goes along with the envir- environmental extremists. But you connect. Earth worship to the 15-minute city. We talked briefly about this the other day. Um, briefly share your thoughts on this, because this is something that I can't see practical or spreading, but uh, what are your thoughts? What are you trying to do?
1: Well, the, their plans are, and they've got some pilot programs that they're running, is in different parts of the world you have this 15-minute city, you know, where everything that you need supposedly is within walking distance, which means they don't want you in an automobile anymore, I guess. And if you go outside your circle, you're penalized. And what's the justification for it? Well, they call this not a COVID lockdown. They call it a climate lockdown. And we have to do all of these things to save the planet, which means um, we've got to brainwash a generation into accepting anthropogenic climate change meaning that we're doing something actually as human beings to alter the climate i mean that's the pretext for these lockdowns it's called a climate lockdown and of course god in his word in genesis eight twenty two refutes that because he says that the earth in the covenant he made with noah is going to go through natural cycles. He mentions four cycles there in verse 22 of Genesis 8, and one of the cycles is cooling and heating. In other words, the earth is going to go through natural climate cycles on its own, Independent of human activity. Uh oh. So, so that has to be stripped <laughs> from people's thinking. Yep. <laughs> for people to accept these uh, 15-minute cities and all these other experiments that they want to run.
2: Yeah. Notice you had um, a video in your update of. Paris. They want to actually take existing large <laughs> cities and Seoul. They're talking about a ten-minute city. But how do you divide a metropolis like Paris up into fifteen-minute oh cities? Do you, are you going to walk to the hospital? Is there going to be a hospital in every one? And but you're going to have to walk. It doesn't matter what your condition is. And what about malls? And of course, like you said, there's no churches. No
0: churches in these fifteen <laughs> minutes. And yeah. Port- Portland was on this list, right, Andy?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing. I think the thing that we have failed to do is we. In history we fail to take people at their word.
2: Yes. even
1: when they sound crazy. Yep. You know you know, think how different human history would be if the rantings of a man named Adolf Hitler, you know, in Mind Kampf, as crazy as it sounded, were taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think when these globalists come out and telegraph to us exactly what they're gonna do, although it seems bizarre and crazy, we should probably attach some credence, you know, to their statements. Mm-hmm.
0: Andy, I want you to address our audience in the last four minutes we have with you. And um, I, I'm looking at this article again from Hal Lindsey, and he he says, and one of my favorite all-time movies, uh, Christmas movies, It's a Wonderful Life. He says, as we near the end of 2022, the trend is rage against Jesus and his people. For most Americans, it feels like we left Bedford Falls somewhere along the line and we entered Pottersville. It feels unreal. So Andy for the people that are listening generally to this podcast, they are understanding the times, they are trying to keep up with with what they can. They're prayerfully watching, warning, they're not afraid, they're not being silent about these things. What can you tell them about where we're at because some of this does feel unreal because of the blessings we have enjoyed in America.
1: Well, you know, the truth of the matter is the Bible is pretty clear. Satan um, is going to get his kingdom. And unfortunately, for that to happen, our Christian, Judeo Christian culture underpinnings have to be stripped away. And that's why everything seems so weird and odd. We're being forced into Satan's one world kingdom. But there's some very good news because that's only part of the story. The good news is Satan's kingdom is only going to last if I'm reading my Bible correctly, forty two months and it's going to be destroyed according to Revelation eighteen in a in a in a day. Mm. And then the same chapter says in a very hour, one hour, it's going to come to an end and it's going to be replaced with a a kingdom, you know, that will never end. It's mentioned in Isaiah nine, six and seven, yes, the amen. eternal kingdom of, of God. And people can change their citizenship away from Satan's failing kingdom Mm -hmm. into the glorious eternal kingdom that's on the horizon whose foundations can't be shaken, you know, simply by putting their trust or their faith for their eternity and their salvation into Jesus by himself or Mm -hmm. Jesus alone. And once people do that, that's such a critical decision because their citizenship just changed you know, away from the failing kingdoms of the devil and man, which are forming, into the unshakable kingdom of Jesus Christ. And you have a very, at that point, by trusting in the Messiah, you know, you have a very bright future. And so this is sort of a way that we can use the times that we're living in, really, to speak to the, the, the unsaved and the lost yes. and give them an incentive, you know, to trust in Christ for salvation. Mm.
0: Amen. Well, Andy, thank you for those thoughts. I think of John 14, uh, Jesus will be returning. He is going to come back and uh, take us with him. Uh, He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in God, believe also in me. And that means believe in what he said as well, what he said and taught, and obey his commandments. If we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And it is going to get harder, but we are to, to strengthen one another, encourage one another, and continue to do what we're doing to raise awareness to speak the truth in love, and to trust God in all things. Brother, thank you for your wisdom and your insights and your teachings, and uh, we really appreciate uh, your ministry and all that you do, Andy. God bless you, and uh, have a happy new year.
1: Same to you, and, and thanks for having me. God bless. Thanks, Andy.
0: Well, Mayor, we got, we got to wrap it up. This is it for <laughs> the year. I mean, tomorrow we're going to do a replay, if you just tuned in, re-airing the podcast, phenomenal testimony of Laura Perry former transgender who is now married. God completely redeemed that situation. But I'm going to wrap it up by saying God bless you. Happy New Year. Be at peace. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.